Hello, this is Kristen Wambach with Intentional Now. Welcome to my podcast. It is a happy, sunny, warm Friday afternoon. I just poured myself a cup of tea in a red, white, and blue flag happy July coffee cup. Oh, 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 can you believe it? It is July 2nd. It's gorgeous out today here in Corvallis, Oregon. So this last week, oh my goodness, the temperatures were up to 111. How do people live in temperatures like that? Oh, I don't know. My poor begonias in the garden were wilted, wilted, wilted. I couldn't give them enough water to make them happy. It was so hot. Thank you for joining me. So last week's podcast, Just a Box of Crayons, I shared about church. I shared about how we visualize Jesus when we're talking with him, um, that relationship. Where do we engage Jesus? Do we engage him here on the earth, inside ourselves? Do we engage him and he's still on the cross? Or do we engage him seated in heaven and notice that we are right there with him? Oh, if you didn't have a chance to catch that episode, please be sure. Get your headphones out this weekend while you're doing your chores. You'll be blessed. Okay, so we're still talking through that in-between lines of the unfinished book. You can find my book, The Unfinished Book, just about anywhere. Amazon, you can connect with me at kristenwambeck.com and I'd be happy to send you one and sign it for you. So we're talking in between the lines of chapter two, in the beginning God. And I'm going to share um, the quote that I put in the subtitle. So my quote is suffix. A suffix is something added to the end of something else. It's an ist. It's an ism. It's an attic. So, birthed and raised in a suffix realm or a suffix generation. So, there are Baptists and fundamentalists and charismatics and Pentecostalism. Oh my goodness, we add so much on the end of our gatherings called church, don't we? So, I share with you my conversion experience when I was eight years old. Oh my goodness, that was something. You go ask Jesus, what happened when you began to believe in him? You will be so amazed, totally amazed. He took me back on the timeline. I don't want to give it away because I think it's a really worthy read. Okay, so here I am. And I'm writing here, and it's in the beginning. It's my beginning with getting serious and really allowing God and Holy Spirit to move in my heart and make some changes and move some serious furniture around. So this point in my life, in my memoirs, um, I either refer to myself, other people's referred to me, but you, you kind of had one way to go. You were a nut, fruit, and a flake. Mm-hmm. 
or you were a mystic and people didn't know what to do with that, or you were one of those super spiritual ones. Okay, so people had to classify where you were in your relationship with God. So I was a super spiritual one. And then there is also the fivefold ministry, somebody who's operating within a prophetic office. Or from what I learned at that time and walked through, if we come from an orphan mentality and we look at somebody's spiritual hunger, we can kind of measure it off of, It's because they have favor. It's because of their calling. And that's the reason why we label them. And that fruit of flake, a mystic, a super spiritual one, are operating in a fivefold ministry. Well, that was a really challenging time. And it's no fun to be a label. It's no fun to be labeled. It's no fun to try to get out of the box of a label. And what do you do with the labels anyways? Here you are. You're loving God. He's teaching you. You're engaging him. And it's absolutely marvelous. You have nobody to talk to about it. And then if you try to talk to somebody about it, then there are labels because people just don't understand. I can't tell you how many pastors that I talked to had relationship and they would say, Kristen, we love you. We just don't know what to do with you. Well, that took me a whole lot of years, a whole lot of years before I had the maturity to realize that I had expectations of them pastors that they would know about this they would know about the spiritual realm and they would be able to teach and lead i was wrong they don't have a clue how can somebody teach something if they've never experienced it they can't so i needed to wake up and smell the coffee and change my expectations and just love them for who they are in my life so anyhow i wanted to um fulfill a promise. I said that I would be sharing the beginning of framing up your writing project, my writing project. I actually have three of them in the hopper currently. And we're going to brainstorm heaven. How do you see your destiny and how do you walk it out? How do you experience something in an invisible realm and how do you bring it to the earthly realm so i have a quote i want to share with you i took this quote between it was between an um an interview with marie forleo and dean graciosi and this is what she said here's the thing When it comes to confidence and taking courageous action, so much of that is going to have to come from what you believe you should do. Through being able to hear and distinguish your heart's call, how your intuition speaking to you, you know that small voice inside that says, you know what, pick up the phone and make that call or 
Is this the next action to take? Now, all those things I just totally agree with. If it's burning in your heart, then God has given you the tools and the ability to walk it out. And I just encourage you to grab hold of it, get your pen, paper, iPad, computer, and just begin. Because when you begin, then God puts his hand in your hand and you begin to write. And sometimes, well, it's not sometimes, I had to learn it. And it took me a while to learn it. Because yes, the unfinished book I wrote for me, I wrote it between God and I. And when you're writing it, you're aware that other people are going to read it. And that feels really vulnerable. But what I wasn't aware of in the writing process is that the responsibility of writing because people do need to hear. And that just takes on a whole perspective, different one. People need to hear what you have to say. People need to hear where you've struggled, where you've triumphed, where you've overcome, because they need to hear your testimony. If they don't hear your testimony, then their test in their life is slower. They can't overcome faster because you haven't opened your mouth. I learned that after the unfinished book. I learned that after I heard um, people who read it and their comments and what they were saying to me. So it's really important that we realize that there is somebody out there that is looking for what you have to offer, what I have to offer. And that was a really huge checkpoint for me and my writing skills, even my podcasting, my blogging. That is a huge five-star checkpoint that I need to realize that I am serving people when I reach out and I'm able to be found. That's really important. So I want to share with you a very touching story. Um, In the book, in the unfinished book, I named her Bonnie. This is a really important testimony in my life. And it's a really important testimony for your life. So um, our church, we had leased a small office building in, um, in a vintage hotel. And um, there was a young girl. Her name was Bonnie. And about three years prior, she had worked for me at Girl Scout camp. And she was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And she did, she was kind of a little tough cookie. And so I was really helpful at Girl Scout camp because a lot of kids come to camp and they need somebody to love them in the hard places. And Bonnie was that girl. I loved working with her and I was sad that she only worked for me for one year. But here I am working at the church office and unbeknownst to me here comes Bonnie you know some people that God puts in your life it just continues to reoccur 
and reoccur and reoccur. You know, I have them, you have them. We have those people that we run into at a market that we never go to. We just all of a sudden go there and there they are. God continues to have those reincurrences until like they pick up the phone and answer it. Mm -hmm. Well, Bonnie was one of those for me. So her mom worked in one of the coordinating offices that were in this large vintage hotel. And so Bonnie was there all the time. And so it was a wonderful opportunity for us to reconnect. Well, Bonnie was walking in a hard place in her life. She was a single mom with a son. And some of the choices that she had made were not working out for her very well. So I'd find her and she'd come in and she'd want to talk to me and want some counsel and encouragement, which is great. I love it. Um, but this kind of turned into a little bit of a habit. Whenever life got hard, whenever something blew up in her face, you can guarantee within five, ten minutes she would be sitting at my desk in the chair on the other side telling me her problems. Well, everybody has the opportunity to share their hard places. But if we just stay at our hard places and we don't move from our hard places, then it just becomes a cycle. So there was one day that she came in and she tried to dump her stuff. And I said, nope, wait a minute. Nope, we're not going to go there. And I said, come with me. And she said, okay. And we walked into the prayer room and sat down. There was nobody else there. It was real quiet. Had some soft music going. And I said, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to talk to Jesus about the things that you wanted to share with me today. Okay? She goes, yeah. I said, you can have a, a conversation with Jesus, right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, I can do that. She really didn't have much experience. She didn't have that personal place. She didn't have that church history. So all she had to do was have be willing to have a conversation with Jesus. That's beautiful, isn't it? So we sat down and I started leading her through. I don't remember exactly my words that I said, probably created a picture and invited her, like maybe a picture of a door, and then invited her that we opened the door, we walked in through the door, and that Jesus was standing on the other side of the door waiting to meet with us, waiting to talk with us. So it didn't take very long from my imagination. I painted a scenario and she stepped right in and she started to talk. I helped her a little bit. I said, what do you see and who's there and what did Jesus look like and what was he doing? So she just kept responding to me. I see Jesus. He's dressed like this. We're here. So then all of a sudden, my imaginations or my heavenly door, it changed. It was no longer from my imagination, but it was coming from within her. Jesus 
was leading her and he took her to a place in her life that was really difficult. I no longer had to prompt her or ask her questions, but she did share with me. She shared with me a really traumatic time in her life. And she actually saw Jesus there with her. So I just kind of remained quiet, letting her know that I was there. And about, oh, 15, 17 minutes later, she had tears totally running down her face. And she opened her eyes and she said to me, and she goes, Kristen, I was in heaven, wasn't I? I said, yes, you were. It was one of the most wonderful, inspirational times I have ever had the privilege to lead a person through. That door where Jesus is there, the one that he knocks on. And we just open it and we go in and we just believe. Now, she didn't feel horrible. He didn't bring up all of her stuff that she walked into my office with. He simply showed himself that he was there and present with her when she was going through a trauma in her childhood. She felt his love. She saw his concern. And she knew exactly what he was saying to her. It was so absolutely beautiful. You grab my book and you read the testimony of Bonnie. You'll be touched so deeply. So how does this... How does this help us to frame up checkpoints for writing our own book, a checkpoint for our own life? Again, I come back to that door. There is a door there that you can open because Jesus is not. It's so easy. And you just walk in and you walk through and you believe him. And your book is there. I saw my book, I've seen all of my books in heaven. And from that point, seeing them in heaven, then you begin to ask Jesus questions about them. But when you see something that that you're really taking from an invisible realm and you're bringing it forward, that's what you're doing when you write. You're hearing things, you're taking your memoirs and you're putting them on paper and they become a record here on the earth that other people can read, other people can listen and hear and it'll help them to grow. It's amazing. But see, if we don't take the steps, it took me 20 years and it wasn't the first time that I attempted to write. But it was the first time that I put a seatbelt around my backside in the chair and I made myself right. There is a decision of making myself right. So it is important. I've got another thought I'm going to add to that. So I recently met a woman, absolutely wonderful. We have so many things in common. She has experienced so many of similar things that I have in the heavenly realm. Absolutely wonderful. Excuse me. And I met her and invited her over. She had dinner with us and she was here um, 
my family was here that day. And so it was just a lovely time. And then I took her back um, to the home in which she was staying. And the next morning I got up and I was talking with Jesus. I went, something just doesn't sit with me. What, what is it, Lord? What's not sitting? What's not sitting? What wasn't sitting is a lesson that it took me many years to learn. So she told me her dreams and her desires. But what wasn't measuring or sitting with those dreams and desires? There wasn't anything that she was doing to arrive at her dreams and desires. There was no strategy. There was no plan. There was no footwork. There was no evidence of courage that I'm going to get from point A to point B. We have to take courageous action. And that's probably, you know, 20 years of it took to write a book. I didn't, I took courageous action, but I didn't actually put my feet in a consistent period of time towards a vision or a dream that I had been shown. And yeah, that was my responsibility. I had to believe Jesus every day, put my foot here, put my hands on the keyboard and type and keep typing and keep writing and keep moving forward until it was complete. Now, the manuscript is the easy part. <laughs> and then the miracle of is that Jesus brings all these people. I had people to help me edit. I had people to help me um, do the formatting and the printing. And he helped me figure out how to publish it. I had people who encouraged me and, and I drew the, the cover. I drew the cover because of the things that I saw in heaven. They were real. They were alive to me just as much as they are alive in heaven. So when you pick up my book, make sure you look at the cover and see the story that it tells to you, okay? But I encourage you to take a courageous action. To believe you, to believe what you hear that small voice telling you to do, whether it's picking up a phone, whether it's going here, whether it's speaking to this person, or whether it's setting your alarm clock for an hour earlier and getting up in the morning and writing in that extra hour that you've been given. That's what I had to do. Those are the kind of checkpoints that we need to walk through to arrive at the destination in which we've seen. I saw my book in heaven. It's not in heaven anymore. It's on the earth. It's something that I can look at. I can read. You can read. I can touch. I can hold. And it feels just like the way that I perceived it in heaven. So, I'll give you my door.
you're more than welcome to use the imagination of a door and open it and go discover your book, your destiny, (laughs) so many things. What has Jesus called you to be and who you are and to do? Who is that person? Go ask him. Go see it. Go believe it. Go discover it. Go ask some really good questions. But I encourage you, get your pen and going and write your book. There is pe- There are people that need to hear your words. God's counting on them to hear your words. It is our responsibility as writers to write. It's our responsibility as his kids to hear and to listen and to open our mouths and to love the world that's around us, right? Okay, so I encourage you today to write down a checkpoint for you. I wrote a checkpoint that I would show up for the podcast. That's my checkpoint. So write a checkpoint today. If you want, send me an email. Pop onto my website, kristenwombeck.com, and send me that checkpoint. And I'll hold you to it. Sometimes we just need somebody to be accountable to, right? But you can do it. Write down that checkpoint today. What are you going to change? What are you going to believe God for? And how are you going to get there? Just put one foot right in in front of the other, right? That's all you have to do is put one foot in front of the other. Well, it is Friday. My tea's about three quarters full. It's still warm. We haven't been here this long. This has been really good. I encourage you, um, go check out my blog. Um, It's a great place to get encouraged. It's a great place to help you, maybe with your checkpoints. We usually have more than one, correct? Hmm, okay. Thank you. Oh, before I thank you, that's right. There's got to be a question. (laughs) I almost forgot. There's a question. All right, let me listen for a minute here, okay? Okay, this is the question I heard. Kristen, what do I do when people around us are naysayers? Hmm. That's a really good question. What do you do? (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you this, a question for a question, right? So... I'm going to assume you're in the process of writing a book or maybe you're painting a painting. I don't know. You could be painting your house. You could be moving to another state because you got a new job. There's lots of reasons for us to take courageous action, correct? So let me ask you this. So the person that is giving you advice Do they have experience in this area? Exactly. (laughs) Why are we taking or continuing to take advice from people who do not have experience in the area in which God is calling us to go? 
Mm -hmm. I got another thing for you. I learned it recently. So, did God put a vision in your heart? A vision that looks like something, right? You're reaching out to your community. You're writing a book. You're raising your family. You're loving your husband. He's put something in your heart. You know exactly what I and he are talking about. And or you're going to move somewhere. There's just so many things. Um, he put a vision in your heart, right? So people around us with the best intentions, they don't see the vision because it lives in you. God gave it to you. So if he gave you the vision, he's also giving you the strength and the courage to carry the vision and bring it to pass. And you know what? Because he gave you the vision, other people can't see it. They may not be able to support it, but they will when it comes to pass. Then they'll be able to believe it. That was really a powerful lesson for me. God gave me the vision. It's my responsibility to hang out with him, spend time with him, listen learn, ask questions, what's next, what to do, which way to go so that it can come to pass. This is a big one, huh? Yeah, good questions tonight. I trust they helped you and encourage you. I'm encouraged. I always go back and I listen to it. Sometimes I listen to my own podcast when I'm watering my, my garden. It helps me. Sometimes we're the best person to find encouragement from is our own words. I believe in you. I believe in, in the destiny that God has called you to. I believe it looks like something. It is something. And you have the strength. You have an understanding, even if it's hidden, to bring it forth. They'll go ask him a bunch of good questions. Okay, and oh, you may use my heavenly door whenever you would like. You have a fabulous weekend. Thank you for hanging out with me. Again, go check out my blog, kristenwombeck.com. This is awesome. Oh, and would you do me a favor? Would you push that little follow button on the podcast? Then anytime I make a new episode, you're going to get an email and it'll be right there and we can continue on with this conversation. And I do like it. I like having this conversation with you and I appreciate you and I value you. You have a wonderful weekend. Bye now. <music>